Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All righty. Welcome. It is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN with you on a Monday. And uh, this might sound a little bit, uh, little bit weird because it's uh, 24th of July. But uh, Tim Wenger sent me an interesting piece, uh, and I know he's gotten a lot of comments on it on social media, about the uh, blizzard that hit us in December of uh, 2022. And I want to uh, share with you some of the stuff that came from the uh, Yahoo feed. Yahoo, baby. Uh, As we move along, the phone number is 803 0930, star 930 on the cell phone, and 1-800-616-WBEN. How Buffalo's catastrophic storm response failed a woman in life, then in depth. Uh, Andel Taylor believed she waited. Then, alone in her car, she died. It was two days before Christmas. Still, the early hours of a blizzard worse than any the city of Buffalo had seen in generations. The snow piling around her tires that afternoon could still be measured in inches, but bracing 70-mile-an-hour gusts turned ice into daggers. Howling wind, so loud it maddened even those bunkered in their homes, peeled snow from the pavement and lanced it toward her windshield. Her little 2004 Nissan Altima could go no farther. She faced a fateful decision, hope for rescue or strike out into a hostile storm. She called 911 five times while trapped in her car among hundreds of stranded Buffalonians who tried. Finally, she got the answer she was looking for. They said, they're sending someone. 22-year-old Andel Taylor texted her sisters after 9 p.m. She would wait, but the blizzard had already overwhelmed Buffalo's police and fire departments. It would transform the 911 system into an answering machine and sideline snowplows. The storm would also expose a disastrous lack of coordination among local, state, and federal emergency responses, according to an investigation by the USA Today Network New York. Emergency responders gave up altogether on some neighborhoods. Streets stayed snowed in for days. Power outages blinked through the city. It was a series of disparate tragedies and systemic failures so massive it is hard to fully describe. The scope has come into focus only through months of public records requests and thousands of pages of documents. A team of USA Today Network reporters explored how the decision made by officials before 
during and after the blizzard left scores of people, including Andel, to fend for themselves. The investigation spanned hundreds of pages of government emails, dozens of interviews, and reams of emergency dispatch data it revealed. Most of the fleet of hundreds of heavy-duty vehicles deployed by the state and National Guard failed to aid Buffalo during the early blizzard response. Number two. The lack of federal involvement stretched into the third day when a White House advisor watching news reports of the disaster contacted a local official. The resulting federal aid mobilization missed the all-important initial rescue phase. A lack of cooperation between Erie County and Buffalo City officials hindered emergency response strategy and coordination as more than 1,000 calls for help via 911 went unanswered for days. Drivers trapped on roads in towns, villages, and cities surrounding Buffalo were more likely to get an emergency response than Andel and hundreds of other motorists stranded on Buffalo streets. Fundamental flaws within the region's emergency communication apparatus limited the effectiveness of heroic rescue attempts. Put simply, emergency management breakdowns cost lives. When Andel Taylor's car got stuck, she was struggling to make it home from work as a nurse's assistant to be with her ailing father. She didn't want to leave him alone during the storm. Now she was the one alone, left to hope that her car would have enough gas to keep her warm until help arrived. Andel was the sort of person who all Always looked out for others, said her mother, Wanda Brown-Steele. Her daughter was kind, said Brown-Steele, persistent. She always followed through. If someone said they would come, her mother said Andel would have believed them. No one came. Andel died, and that would be... That would not be the final indignity. Andel's car was a mere 1,000 feet from a Buffalo fire station, a four-minute walk on a nice day. That night, police responded to a motorist who was stranded hundreds of feet west of her on the same street. An hour later, they responded to another, hundreds of feet in the other direction. The wind chill was below zero. The snow was climbing toward her tailpipe. She did not last the night. Her body was left in her vehicle for another day and a half as caller after caller begged the city to come. It fell to a stranger to help remove Andel Taylor from her car and drive her to the hospital. Many first responders and even more everyday citizens helped save the lives of hundreds of people during Buffalo's lethal storm in tales told and retold amid the grim aftermath. But the story of Andel Taylor, among dozens who died in Buffalo's most fatal recorded snowstorm exposes the cruelty of chance and the magnitude of a disaster that was both natural and all too human. Four days before the storm, early in the morning of Monday, December 19th, meteorologist Mike Freeze knew something big was coming. At this distance, forecasting tools are not precise. He and other National Weather Service scientists had to rely on experience, things they'd seen before, patterns in the middle atmosphere, the way the low pressure moved and deepened across the surface of the Great Lakes, an atmospheric flow that seemed to draw the storm across the length of Lake Erie and then to Buffalo. In Buffalo, home to average snowfall of 95 inches each year, there are storms and then there are storms. We knew 
that this was probably going to be a snowstorm that would be a career event for everybody working at this office, said Mr. Freeze, whose official title is Warning Coordination Meteorologist. A bomb cyclone, an unstable feedback loop in which pressure rapidly drops over a long time, creating precipitous winds, lake effect snow, dumping inches that could turn into feet, a potent and angry cocktail. Their warnings would matter. How would they tell people that this could be a storm the city had not seen in generations without going beyond what they knew? A storm like this, said Freeze, changes the way you think about your work quite a lot. Within hours, they were talking to county and state officials. We had conference calls, probably at least every hour for several days. They passed around draft after draft of the first storm warning. That afternoon, the Weather Service put out the first message. A powerful storm was likely on its way. By the next day, it had been upgraded to major with strong winds, a flash freeze, zero visibility. The upcoming storm is a big deal, blared the Twitter account. By Wednesday, in intensifying warnings, Weather Service officials called the storm a once-in-a-generation with 70-mile-an-hour winds and sub-zero wind chills that could cause frostbite to expose skin in less than 30 minutes. Local authorities issued their own warnings on Thursday. Erie County Executive Mark Polinkar said road travel might be near impossible by Friday with visibility so bad you couldn't see past the hood of your car. He warned jovially that people should postpone that trip to Grandma's house. Mayor Byron Brown told Buffalonians to finish up their last-minute holiday shopping by Thursday. The city canceled Friday's garbage pickup and closed a few parks and indoor pools. Neither the county nor the city banned road travel, nor did emergency alerts push out to phones warning of the dangers of driving that day, and Endell Taylor had to be at work at 6 a.m. 5 a.m., December 23rd, East Side, Buffalo. When Andel awoke before dawn on Friday, it could have been any winter morning in Buffalo. It was cold, drizzly, 30-something degrees outside. No snow had fallen. The bomb cyclone winds that meteorologist Freeze knew were coming since Monday had not yet begun to blow. Andel was not the sort of person to miss a shift at work, according to her mom. Despite being the youngest of four sisters, Andel was the first to save enough money to buy herself a car while growing up in Charlotte, North Carolina. A year and a half ago, she drove her car up to Buffalo to be with her ailing father while putting herself through business school by working at a nursing center called Absolute Care of Aurora Park. She kept a job. She paid her bills. She made sure she was there for everyone around her. When one of her sisters was short gas money and Dell dropped $100 into her account, no questions asked, she always showed up. Sometime before 5.30 in the morning, with the sky still too dark to see clouds on any horizon, she got into her Nissan on a hedge-lined east side street where every house looked a little bit the same. The same A-frame roof built long ago. The same patch of lawn where children might play. The same broad and welcoming porch. Andell started the car and left home for the last time. The day before the storm, the county office was already a hive of activity, according to public records. Many city, county, and state officials, including Poland Cars and Brown, declined to be interviewed for this report. Some of those officials have publicly defended their blizzard response management, saying they prepared as best as possible for a once-in-a-generation storm that overwhelmed the emergency response network. State officials also asserted some state vehicles began aiding uh, Buffalo's emergency response when the blizzard 
began on December 23rd, but officials have delayed releasing GPS data that tracked the state vehicles during the storm, shrouding the effort in history. On December 22nd, the email accounts for polling cars and the County Emergency Management Commissioner Dan Neverth were filled with dozens of messages from leaders across western New York. Officials shared updates on everything from weather forecasts and warming center plans to college closures and strategies for communicating during the storm. Uh, the same was not true in the city of Buffalo. Information did not flow evenly between county and city governments. Only one of those blizzard emails went to a city of Buffalo official's email account that Thursday. It came from the National Weather Service, a standard update on the blizzard warning sent to Public Works Commissioner Nate Morton. Okay, and and there is much more uh, in that article on uh, Yahoo News, which uh, Tim Wenger shared and which has received uh, a mountain of response. And, you know, frankly, I feel a uh, a little bit silly I uh, feel a little bit silly when uh, talking about uh, the blizzard of 22, and here we are in the middle of July. But as we think back to those days in uh, December, I would like you to tell all of us what could have and should have been done differently. What could have and should have been done differently. And let's not forget Uh, Despite the failures of many branches uh, and agencies of government, the response that went out by the people uh, of Western New York, and there were a lot of people, uh, in particular in Clarence, who took folks into their homes and uh, basically fed them and made sure they had a nice warm place to sleep. Uh, There were a lot of individual responses to what was going on with the blizzard of 2022. So I want to ask you the question, what exactly, and again, I realize it's July, and I realize that talking about something in December seems like uh, ancient history, especially for me. But uh, I want to know if uh, we learned anything at all from the blizzard of 2022. Was there any lesson that we learned? And uh, now I haven't gotten all the way through the uh, Yahoo news story. I haven't gotten all the way through that. But uh, let me simply say that uh, on this radio station, um, we had meteorologist Andy Parker on the program uh, every day. And I think it was Monday through Thursday saying this is going to be a generational situation. And we had people calling in saying, well, I plan on driving from Binghamton to Buffalo or Buffalo to Binghamton. What can I really expect? And Andy Parker made it very, very clear that what you really need to do was make sure that all of your travel was done by Thursday. And also, uh, we've talked about this before, but uh, that morning, it was a uh, Friday morning when the uh, blizzard hit, a, uh, yeah, a Friday morning. And uh, the bizarre thing was I actually had scheduled an early morning doctor's appointment and I don't even know that I let the alarm go off. I might have been awakened by the wind before the alarm. And the wind was absolutely howling. It was fierce. And I recall looking out the window and thinking to myself, okay, there is no way I'm going to get to the dent and then I'm going to get to work. It isn't going to happen. So like many of us here at uh, WBEN, I had my go bag ready with everything I could possibly need 
to uh, weather the storm. You know, I had all the heart meds and all that kind of stuff, had the CPAP machine, a pillow. I did forget to bring a blanket, but I was able to find one at the radio station, however uh, herpetic and snake-bitten it might have been. But uh, I, I have said this before, but leaving for work that day, I knew that I was not going to be home over the weekend. Um, I just knew it because uh, I think I came into work about 9, 9.30 and uh, used Sheridan Drive. And even at 9 o'clock or 9.30 on Friday morning, the day the blizzard hit, I remember driving by the entrance of the 290 at Millersport and seeing the local fire crews uh, trying to lower the gates so as to keep traffic off of the thruway. So um, I'm kind of curious as to what you think government should have learned from this particular storm. And I think one of the things that I have believed should have been learned uh, during this massive weather event was everything should have been closed on Friday. Everything should have been shut down on Friday. Uh, And I mean, when I say Friday, I mean Friday at midnight. I do not believe uh, there was any reason to wait until 9 in the morning. However, we also, I mean, in fairness to the elected officials, what have we just come through over the past few years? We've come through the pandemic and businesses closing and revenue lost. And the politicians did not want to be seen as uh, Ebenezer Scrooges. Uh, They did not want to be seen, I suppose, as exercising undue power and authority because of a weather situation. And I think they let things ride a little bit too long. And by the time the actual horrible weather hit, and as I recall, it was about noon, at least outside the radio station, where the absolute uh, cataclysm hit us, it was too late. By that point, people people were stuck. And the only reason that I made it into work was uh, I used uh, my, my daughter's um, winter vehicle. That's the only re- if I'd used my own car, I don't think I ever would have made it into work. And that was at 9, 9.30 in the morning. So I realize it's July. And I realize we're talking about something that happened in December. But we've had a chance now to think about what went wrong with the blizzard of 22. And in retrospect, I'm kind of curious as to what you think, what went wrong in the blizzard of 22. And I am still, said this many a time, I am still appalled. I am amazed. I am uh, somewhat disgusted at the fact that the blizzard of 22 had a higher death toll than the blizzard of 1977. And I've tried to logically work uh, our way through that when discussing the blizzard. And the best answer with which I have been able to come up is that uh, in 1977, we didn't have 500 media channels. We didn't have podcasts. We didn't have streaming. And I think that somewhere along the way, Uh, Because of the proliferation of information, the specificity of information got lost. And I think there are a lot of people who were listening to stuff that had nothing to do with Buffalo um, that got caught and did not end up surviving the storm. And then you had individuals like uh, Jay Withy who individually saved about 24 different lives. And I hope he gets the uh, Carnegie Medal. Uh, Let me take your phone calls. What went wrong? 
What went wrong? 803-0930 is the phone number. Star 930 on the cell phone and 1-800-616-WBEN. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All righty, welcome. It is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. So uh, here we are in uh, late July, and uh, people are still talking about the blizzard of 22. And what I want to know is uh, your honest assessment on who screwed up, who made the mistakes. Was it media making the uh, mistakes? Was it people making the mistakes? Was it uh, government? making the mistakes and as i said prior to the uh, prior to the news break i have thought about this um, at great length and i really am trying to figure out if there's anything that i would have done differently in the days leading up to the storm and i really don't know that there would have been because I believe every day starting Tuesday before the Friday the storm hit, we had Andy Parker on, the meteorologist, for a good mm, hour long talking about the fact it was going to be rough. And I believe that the Thursday prior to the storm hitting, uh, meteorologist Bob Hamilton with the National Weather Service uh, called into the station and said, look, this is going to be absolutely horrible. In retrospect, Uh, The politicians, starting with the governor, the county executive, the mayor. Yeah, you know what? They should have closed everything uh, as of Friday morning at 6 a.m. I don't know if there's anybody who disagrees with that, but Friday morning, 6 a.m., everything should have been closed. However, there is uh, something that was not addressed in the first part of the article that I just read from Yahoo, and that is it was days before Christmas. Uh, There was an allusion to Mayor Brown talking about getting in last-minute Christmas shopping, but nobody wants to be Scrooge. Nobody wants to be that guy 
who steals Christmas. And remember, there was a time when people were saying, well, this is the storm that stole Christmas. Well, it proved to be uh, more serious than that, proved to be uh, obviously a storm that stole lives. And, you know, I would kind of like your thoughts on this. I don't think I've ever asked you this question directly, but why did the blizzard of 22 kill twice as many people as the blizzard of 77? How is that even possible, given the profusion and welter of information that is out there in uh, 2022 that was not out there in 1977? Uh, Let's go to Kathy on a cell phone. Uh, Trying to get Kathy up. My screen is on Talent Josh, but I'm not able to get her up. Um, Not the first time. Yes, Kathy, you are on WBEN. Hello. Hi, I just have a question or a statement, I guess, is so many times when the meteorologists talk, and I think it has to do with the terminology that's proper for this storm or this is called a big blizzard or this is called a storm. And sometimes they'll say whatever terminology you use, you kind of tune out the word storm because you're like, okay, it's six inches of snow and it's blowing or it's a foot of snow and it's blowing. And you're thinking, well, we have that. And so I don't know how to categorize it, and I think it's sometimes a terminology we kind of tune ourselves out of, of that, you know, you, you hear it all the time, and, you know, big winds, and you're like, okay, and it passes by, and you live through it, and it's, so you kind of tune out those words, not realizing there's a big difference in what they're saying, because the, the words are used uh, commonly. I don't know if that's how to say it. Well, let me uh, allow me to express a different view, Uh, and that is the Thursday before the blizzard hit, the National Weather Service issued a statement saying that travel would be, and I quote, difficult to impossible. And I remember harping on those words over and over and over again, difficult to impossible travel. Okay. Are you there? Yeah, I'm just listening to your yeah. response. And yeah, no, and I, I, I believe that, and I heard that, and I have a fireman as a husband, so he says you're not, don't travel anywhere. So I know he's he's familiar with that, but I think that sometimes we, as you know, everyday people, kind of tune those words out or don't hear them or don't pay attention, which is our fault, you know, which is our take. We have to take some responsibility, and then also I think your idea of closing down things earlier. And it's always, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, is, you know, would have been the good thing because then people would have been allowed to stay home and not saying, oh, I'll just go to work today or I'll start out and see how it goes. You know, sometimes we do that. I think that that hurt us in the long run and hurt everybody in the long run. Um, if you had anything to do all over again, what would it be? Oh, geez, I stayed home, so I was okay with it. If I, I probably would. I probably agree with you in closing things up at Friday, you know, Thursday or midnight or Friday, you know, in the morning. Is and um, especially if the state people are going to be called off and not allowed to work, that should be their indication that okay, let's do the, let's also pass this on, you know, to the regular population because they have the information usually first, you know, and that Buffalo and Erie County that's got to be fixed because that's not right if they're not talking to each other. That should be coordinated so much better. Well, clearly, clearly there was some animosity between Mark Polinkars and uh, Mayor Brown. And oh, Come on now. Mark doesn't have animosity towards anybody. 
Oh, of course, you know, of course he does, and I realize you're speaking facetiously, but, you know, driving into work on Millersport Highway and seeing the fire department vehicles lowering the the booms or the uh, uh, the uh, the rails, if you will, so people could not get on the 290, I realized, wow, this is really a serious deal. Actually, before I even hit that, underneath the uh, 290 at Harlem, there were a couple of uh, 18-wheelers that had already gotten stuck. Well, and I, as a, as a formal federal employee, I was always exempt from, um, you know, like, you know, you, I always had to get, try to get to work. And I also used to work at a nursing home and they always used to say with the storm, they prepared us come the night before and we had, we used to bring stuff, but maybe, you know, because it was like, don't, you know, we're going to need employees, but maybe that's, I don't know if they do that anymore or people don't want it. I mean, I didn't want to do it, but I know I knew, well, you know what, I got, I don't want to get myself killed. And I also want to take care of people, but, but that's um, because we were always told bring stuff because it's supposed to be bad, you know? So, um, you know, I, and I think that coordination is really important. You know, I, I don't, you know, I don't know how to do that, but. Okay. Well, to, to what, to I just had out. a curiosity to what extent, to what extent do you think that the individuals bear responsibility for what happened to them? And, I am no smarter than anybody else, but I no. knew when I was leaving for work that I had best take my heart medications, my CPAP machine, and a pillow if I was going to get through the weekend. I think that depends on the person because you. I always become prepared and have stuff in my car, and that's just how I was taught. You know, is that if you're going to, you know, if, because you live in Buffalo, you know, you know, you have stuff in your car. If it doesn't look good, and you're going to it looks like it might be bad, you know, be prepared to stay in a hunker where you are and, you know, and have, you know, have what you need so that you stay where you are and don't drive anything else. So you don't put yourself at risk or anyone else, but that's what I was taught. So I think, you know, it depends a lot on what you're used to. Maybe, you know, maybe certain people aren't taught that or don't even aren't attuned to that because that's what I was always taught. So, so maybe that's a personal thing of, what you're brought up with. Um, but, okay, let me move on then. Um, okay. Why, I mean, why in the world have you been able to figure out why we lost more people in 2022 with communications that far were better than what we had in 1977? I think some people don't listen to the new daily news. Like if they're that got their podcast in, I, I talk to people and they go, Oh, I don't even, I don't even listen to the news anymore. I go, you know, I'll say maybe something that happens on the news on say two, four, seven, our main stations or the cable news. And I'll, and they'll say, Oh, I don't even, I don't even listen to the news. I listen to my podcast. They tune the whole kind of the world out and they'll say, I don't even know. Oh, that happened. Oh, you know, this happened, you know, whether it's the presidential thing or, something going on and I go you know I kind of want to go where are you <laughs> you know I, I I think some people just don't even they're kind of like in their own little world they don't even look to we were kind of funneled to one to the news stations because that's all we did have was two four seven yeah, you know, I think that's a, a very interesting analysis. And you had the local radio stations, but if people are tuned into their podcast and not uh, WBEN, and I say WBEN because, frankly, during the blizzard, public radio on FM was a non-factor. They couldn't even get into work. Um, right. Well, we were on 24-7 uh, for several days. They, uh, I don't know what the hell they were doing, but uh, it is what it is. Um, 
I thank you uh, kindly for the phone call. Uh, good to hear from you. And I know it's weird to talk about this in July, but I appreciate hearing from you. All right. Thank you so much. Have a good day. All right. Thank you. Uh, the right, blizzard of uh, I'm going to have to shut this computer down and start it up again. Apparently, Josh, here is uh, Dave in uh, Chictawaga on line two. Dave, you are on WBEN. Hello. Hi, Tom. Hey, um, I think between 1977 blizzard and this past blizzard, I think people lost a lot of common sense. Uh, back in 77, it, it was like people realized, okay, we have to stay home. We can't go anywhere. We can't do anything. And But I also think that a lot of it had to do with the vehicles that people had. Back then, we didn't have a lot of four-wheel drive vehicles. And, and the people that had them were construction company workers and things of that nature. Now everybody has a SUV, has a four-wheel drive, and all of these people think that they can go through anything with these cars. And obviously they can't, but, um, you know, they're not properly equipped. They don't have the proper tires on them, uh, things of that nature. And I think that has a lot to do with how many people are on the road and how many people got stranded. Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, I remember driving home on Sunday and there were quite a few uh, emergency vehicles that were actually uh, stopped at, uh, was it Reese Street in North Forest, that area by the school? Right. It, it's, well, that too. If you look at back in uh, 77, I, I worked out, out of a, a, a fire hall. And uh, in Buffalo, and I was running a snowmobile and stuff. And all of the, fire, the volunteer fire, or not volunteer, but all the city fire trucks and everything, they all put chains on their tires. That you know, every, everything, and we had snowmobiles readily available and, and things of that nature. This time, it, it was too late. You know, by the time they got the snowmobile clubs to come in and do whatever, it was already too late. People were were dropping. Uh, uh, Trucks, fire trucks didn't have chains and stuff on the tires. They were getting stuck all over. I, it, I think a lot of it has to do with that kind of perception. Well, one of the areas where I happen to think uh, the law enforcement and the emergency responders made a mistake is I think they should have pressed snowmobiles into service a lot sooner than they did and given them some sort of uh, official title and in, uh, indemnity. Oh, I agree because there with that. are, I think there are a lot of people who might have been saved if uh, people with snowmobiles had been pressed into service. And I know that uh, at least one of the ski clubs uh, put its uh, monster winter vehicle into uh, service on uh, Friday night. Correct, I agree. And you know, like you said, seventy-seven, when when the call went out, hey, we need help. We had, I don't know how many snowmobiles we had. Uh, out of engine, I was 35, but we were going up and down on the uh, 190 and getting people off of the 190, checking cars, doing whatever. And, you know, like you said, it was it was pretty quick. It wasn't like, it was like maybe the next day or, or that evening that, hey, they got a call out for snowmobiles. Where this, you know, they didn't even want them. Some people didn't even want them. You know, it's one of the snowmobile clubs, uh, snowmobile clubs offered to come and help people, and and the the township I don't remember it was said no we don't need you. It, it's like it could have saved a lot of people I think. 
Um, I I do not disagree with you. The only the only hang up on that is if you remember Friday night, uh, the visibility was absolutely atrocious, and I'm not sure that the visibility on a snowmobile would have been any more uh, accurate than the visibility inside a vehicle. Yeah, that, that's true. That's probably true. Uh, you know, it's probably even more so because you're going to get snow blowing right in your face. But it, mm-hmm. it would be, you know, I don't know. When it, when, it's hard to say. But but you I think, think it's, it's a little bit weird that in the summertime we deal with all kinds of illegal ATVs, and in the wintertime we could have used the illegal ATVs? Where were they? Well, that's exactly, exactly. Yeah. All right, Tom, I'll get it run. So. All right, man. Thank you. I appreciate the call. 803-0930 is the phone number. So what what did you personally learn from the blizzard of 22? And what are your theories as to why we lost like twice as many people in 2022 as we did in 1977? And I was alive during both storms. Thank you very much. I had yet to begin doing radio during the blizzard of 77, but I think I've mentioned this uh, a number of times. I uh, remember being um, at home and looking out at the blizzard of 77 and uh, understanding that I was seeing history unfolding, that chances are that in my lifetime, I was never going to experience another storm like I experienced in 1977. And I don't believe that I'm the only one. And then in uh, 2022, last December, looking across the parking lot of the radio station, it was um, it was absolutely staggering. I, I don't want to say it was quite de- deja vu, but it was pretty close to deja vu. What should we have learned from the blizzard of 2022? What should we have learned? And I think the, uh, the biggest thing and this applies to uh, government, whether it's uh, municipalities, uh, the city, the county, they should have closed things down on Friday. And I think the reason they didn't close things down on Friday was because it was so close to Christmas. And given the fact that we had just been through the pandemic, I think they got a little bit gun-shy about closing things down. You think that's right? You think that's wrong? I'm kind of curious. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Let's go to Abby in Springville. Abby, you are on WBEN. Hello. Hey, I just had a quick comment. I was just thinking, what was I doing during that blizzard? And I'm pretty sure it was Christmas weekend. So I'm thinking maybe the reason so many people were trying to be out and about driving during the snowstorm was because it was Christmas and they wanted to be with their families. So they disregarded the news was telling them to stay off the road. Well, the the storm actually hit on Friday, December 23rd, and then Saturday was the 24th Christmas Eve, and then Sunday was uh, Christmas Day. Exactly. So, I mean, they kind of shut the roads down Friday, I remember, because I worked at ECMC at the time, so I got stuck at work. So I I didn't get home to Springville till Monday. So I was gone all Christmas weekend. I didn't get to be with family. So I'm just thinking maybe people were like, oh, they shut the roads down, but maybe I can get to my mom's for Christmas or whatever. So that's just what that went through my head. Hmm. What What do you think the uh, government entities could have done differently? I don't even, I don't know. I think people, especially nowadays with holidays, they're stubborn and if they can get around doing it, they're going to try to go. So 
I think regardless of what the government was saying, like telling people to stay home, I think people still wanted to be with their families. I know a lot of traveled when they weren't supposed to, and a lot of them got stuck. Um, you know, I also think, do you agree or disagree with the notion that the pandemic may have exacerbated the situation where people had felt, how many holidays are we going to blow? There are only so many holidays in life. We've already lost a couple because of the pandemic, so screw the weather. We're going. I completely agree with that, for sure. I absolutely believe the pandemic and all of the restrictions played a role in the number of people. Also, I think that, uh, as somebody else had pointed out, I do think that the proliferation of media channels compared to what it was in 1977, I think that made it worse as well because people were not funneled, as one of our callers said, into the uh, the regular uh, news outlets, if you will. Yeah, that's also a really good point. Uh, if you were county executive or mayor of Buffalo, what would you have done differently? Oh, my goodness. I I really don't know. I think, I mean, I think I really would have just pleaded, and especially as the number of cases, like car crashes or whatever, went up, the numbers went up, I would have broadcasted that even more just to kind of scare people into the reality of how severe the storm was in comparison to other storms that we've experienced in Buffalo that were bad, but maybe not as severe as the one we experienced last year. Hmm. Very interesting, love. Thank you very much. I appreciate the call. All right. Yep. No problem. Bye. All righty then. It is uh, July, and we're looking back on uh, what happened in uh, December. And that's okay, because sometimes the benefit of hindsight is uh, 2020. 803-0930 is the phone number. Star 930 on the cell phone and 1-800-616-WBEN. Uh, thinking about this uh, Yahoo article on the blizzard of 22 and what went wrong, what went right on News Radio 930 WBEN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.